And mind you, uncertainty, as I said before, even though you've committed to it and at this point, you know, I was pretty committed to my change. I knew what I wanted. It was clear for me. I was prepared to go after it. There was still this ambivalence. There was still this uncertainty and gray area, which is something I really want to impress on you guys, because you might look at people and think, oh, change is so easy for them. They're a go-getter. But I feel like this is part and parcel of change. So don't feel freaked out if you're in this action stage and you still feel like you're a little bit uncertain. Welcome to The Balance Theory, a podcast aimed at arming you with tools and tips so that you are well equipped to not only identify and define, but own your own definition of balance. I'm your host, Erica, and thank you for joining me today. Hello, balancers, and welcome back to a brand new month of The Balance Theory podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, you've stumbled across a Monday Muse episode, which is the first week or the first Monday of every month, where I do a solo episode on something that's been on my mind or something that I really want to share with you all. And before I dive in and speak about what the topic of today is, I'll give you a little bit of a context as to where it came about. So I'm actually recording this. I just woke up and usually I will meditate. I'll sort of have my coffee or go for a walk, do my movement first, and then I sit down to do work. But I don't know. I just woke up feeling quite inspired and really passionate to talk about today's episode in light of everything that's going on in my life. So I have experimented a little with my morning routine today. So let's see if this one's a little bit more passionate and then I'll have to maybe swap my recording times. But I have an announcement to make and that is that I've resigned. Unfortunately, it's not to do the podcast full time or my other side hustle. So I have excitingly gotten a job in-house. So for lawyers, you'll know the difference between private practice, which is where you work for a firm that has a lot of different clients and in-house is when you go and work for one client or one company and you get to work on all their legal matters. So I'm really excited to sort of be shifting my career path a little bit to venture in-house and sort of really embrace the I think diversity and the and the breadth of different types of law that I'll get exposed to in that area. So I'm really excited about that. But this concept of resigning is one that I feel is quite linked to me this week in the sense of I've not only resigned physically from my job, but I've resigned from letting external things impact me. I found in the last few weeks, and look, it could be a confluence of us being in Sydney lockdown and me having a lot of extra time to sort of think and mull over things. But I found recently I've really let things that are happening to other people around me really get to me. And that could just be if, you know, a friend's having a really bad time or my partner's going through some tough things with work or my sibling is in a little bit of distress for whatever reason. I feel like I've really been taking that on like a lot more than usual. And it kind of got me thinking about change because usually I feel like I'm quite comfortable with change I embrace it a lot but I feel like at the moment there's a lot that's changing I don't know if you feel that too I don't know if it's the time in life we're at maybe it's just me personally but I feel like there's a lot changing around me so I kind of wanted to explore this concept of change and why at times we feel more comfortable with it than others and also I feel like when we talk about change people think of it as this big dramatic thing like you move states or you you know get into a relationship or you move houses or something really big but I think change can actually happen on the micro level as well it could just be you change your coffee order the hobbies you have the way you speak to people small things can also add up and form a part of change and the reason I say that is I think sometimes we don't give those small details or the little things the same attention. And I think it's important to approach them in the same way, because even though they're smaller, they have a very, very big impact in your life. Because even though they're smaller, 
they still have an important role to play in who you are and how you show up. And so in and amongst all this confusion in my head, I started thinking about change and I realized that at times I'm either really embracing to change or super resistant. And the silver lining for me was the difference there's really whether you see that change as a threat or a challenge. And this was where I saw an opportunity to talk about something quite profound. And that is whether you struggle with change or you really, really embrace it. I think one thing we all need to acknowledge and something I personally want to share, because I feel like generally speaking, I'm quite open to change. I'm proactive. I like to, you know, if I'm not happy in a job, I'll move. I'll go look for something else. Like I'm kind of that person that doesn't really sit still. So people may think, oh, she's really good. She copes with change well. But something I want to impress on everybody is whether you feel resistant or embracing towards change. You know that? uncomfortable feeling you get when you're doing something for the first time and it's like really icky you feel uncomfortable is literally the best word I can describe it as I just want to let you know that that is 100% normal So whether you feel like change is a challenge or a threat, either way, you're still going to feel that uncomfortableness. And I think it's important to acknowledge that because if you change your whole mindset and you go, okay, right, I'm going to see change as a challenge. I'm going to be embracing towards it, all these things. And that uncomfortableness comes up. You may think that you failed. You may think that your mindset isn't strong enough. But I personally think that that uncomfortableness is a supernatural part of change. Because, and that's supernatural as in it's totally natural, not extraordinary, um, because you're doing something for the first time. So of course, it's going to feel unfamiliar. Of course, you're going to have to navigate new territory. So today, my aim is to talk a little bit about the process of change and things I've sort of learned in my deep dive into it and help you be a little bit more comfortable with bracing the uncomfortable. I know it's a bit cliche, but there is an element of getting comfortable in that area or at least acknowledging that it's a part of the process so that when it does come up, It doesn't squash you. It doesn't make you feel inferior or like you can't deal with this change. And so just to bring that full circle, I was actually journaling this morning and I realized I started journaling and I wrote, I resigned just so I could remember the date and time that I did it and how I was feeling, etc. And I realized in that moment that I'd also resigned from worrying about what was happening to other people. It's just taking too much of a mental toll on me. I think I'd let some boundaries get a bit too low over the last few weeks. I didn't have what I, I like kind of when I meditate, I like to think I'm, I put this like gold veil around me or just like a sheet or something where other people's emotions and thoughts don't fundamentally change how I feel. Of course, you can have empathy. Of course, you can feel for other people. But deep down, I try and really lock into how I'm feeling. And so I felt like I've been very slack at doing that in the last few weeks, which is why I feel a bit scrambled but in this process of change I've had all these epiphanies so hopefully today's chat also gives you some clarity around that as well all right so let's talk about your relationship with change so this is something we're all introduced to at a very very young age some often more than others depending on your upbringing but that will all impact your perception on the subject so if you feel like you have more of a tendency to see change as a threat or or you embrace it it's really going to come down to how you've been raised with it so think back to your first day at school new group of friends when you've moved houses when you've gotten a job for the first time, when you've gotten a really bad result, when you've had to enroll in a new sport, all these things will play a big part in how you now see change, depending on how those experiences went down. So have a little think here. When we talk about change, do you automatically feel uncomfortable, uneasy, maybe even a little bit resistant, or do you feel like excited and open? What does the word have as a connotation in your mind? Is it positive or negative? Or maybe you're in the middle a little bit. I think I'm in the middle as well. And I think this is probably a byproduct of my legal training to think like, hmm, 
at times, like, yes, I can be open, but then I'd have to like do a pro and con analysis and, and see like where I should be resistant. So I feel like I'm sort of in the middle and sometimes change makes me uncomfortable and sometimes change makes me really excited. But I think I probably tend a little bit more towards the excitedness, especially post doing a lot of self-development work, but I still definitely sometimes feel resistant towards it. And before we go a little bit deeper here and talk about a little bit of more of a framework, I do want to mention that I think, well, I don't think, I know that change is absolutely an inevitable and certain part of life, which is a little bit ironic because change can often be the most uncertain times, but it's it's almost like the uncertainty is absolutely certain, like that is going to happen. And I feel like when we have that resistance towards change, like being resistant for me is your mind or my mind's way of just saying no, like shutting off something from happening. It's like a total avoidance mechanism. And so if you have that automatic or default response to change, imagine how much harder that's going to make it for you with the knowledge that these moments are definitely going to come up in your life. And the goal here is not to go and look for change wherever you can find it and try and embrace it in every single way. It's more about being open or acknowledging that these moments are going to come up rather than locking into this resistance so that when these turning points do come up, it's just that little bit easier or I guess a little bit more comfortable or familiar because you know to expect it. As I mentioned at the start, I got a new job, which is very, very exciting. And that was sort of the catalyst for the whole base of today's chat. And I remember having a conversation with some colleagues who even a year or two years ago, you know, were saying that they weren't happy in their job and they wanted to look and then there was sort of total inaction. And so it kind of got me thinking, what's the difference between people who are more proactive seeking change and those that don't? And so I did a little bit of research and there's actually identifiable stages of change. And if you haven't worked out already, I absolutely love a good framework, template, anything of the sort that's sort of a step-by-step formula. I'm here for it. So this one actually has five stages and they all underpin the process of change. And I think you guys are going to love this because you might actually be able to identify at which point you're sitting. I think as well, this will be a lot easier if you think of a specific example as we move through the stages. So just have a think about something that you identify with change at this point in your life. So maybe you're looking for a new job. Maybe you're considering moving overseas or are in the process of doing so. Maybe you're looking to buy a new property or integrate a completely new morning healthy routine in your life. Just have a think about something you're either in the process of doing or thinking about doing. And maybe so you stand to get the most out of today's episode, make it something you have a big intention to change. So for me, whilst I was still at uni, I got a job at a banking finance firm, law firm. Um, Banking finance was not actually an area of law I wanted to go into. I'm not sure if anyone does. No offense to anyone listening. Um, I actually studied media and law. So the dream was to work at a Google in an in-house legal team, something like that. But, you know, when you're at uni, you can get some experience at a job. That's sort of where I fell in. And for anyone in the legal space, once you start in a very specific area of law, You start accruing years of experience and that backs you to then get a job further down the track in that area. So I sort of fell into banking finance. And then when I was admitted and qualified as a practicing solicitor, the jobs I could go for were banking finance because that's where my experience was. So I sort of fell into this path just by default of the job I got at uni, which I knew deep down was not the area I wanted to practice in. But I thought I'm going to give it a good go because I moved to a different firm and there was a lot of different experience there. But I sort of got to this point where I was like, I know I don't want to do this forever. And the longer I stay in this area of law, the harder it's going to be for me to make a shift out of it. And so my little story here might resonate with somewhere that you're sitting right now, or it may be something completely different. 
But that's sort of where I was sitting when I thought to seriously make some change. So as we go through these stages, I'm going to share kind of my thoughts on this specific personal example, but I do want you to kind of rein it in and have a think about how it relates to your own personal experience with change at this point in time. Or if you feel like there's nothing really happening and there's no change you really proactively want right now, and you've just recently gone through some changes, have a think about how you did go through it in these stages. And you might find in this reflection, because that's it'll be more of a reflection for you rather than an active tool. You might be able to reflect on how you could do better or things you might change or things you did really well. You know, like it's not always a question of critiquing yourself on where you can do better. Sometimes it's about saying, hey, I actually dealt with that stage really well. So just have a think about where you're sitting. So the first well, I'll tell you the five stages and then we'll dive in. So there's a pre-contemplation stage, contemplation, preparation, action, and maintenance. So I found um, these, this framework was largely used with like quitting addictions, which is amazing. And I can see how this would be so useful, but I think it's also good to use it in terms of like goal setting or just changing things in areas of our lives, not necessarily to like run away from a bad habit. But if that's something you do want to change, and obviously this is going to be equally as valuable. Alrighty. So pre-contemplation. So if you're someone in this stage, you're not seriously thinking about changing. It's more when you just get that thought of something you would like, but there's really no conscious intention of taking action to change it. At the moment, the positives or benefits of going after that thing don't really outweigh what you're currently doing. So there are a lot of reasons why you could be in this stage and probably stuck in this stage for a long time. So think like this would have been me when I maybe was one year after my firm and I thought, I know I don't want to do banking and finance forever. So kind of what am I doing here? Like, do I want to get another job? But this is a really good job. Like I should be grateful for my job. I didn't lose it during COVID. Like it's a really nice firm. I'm still getting a lot of experience. You know, that was sort of the thing. I hadn't even thought about reaching out to recruiters or anything like that. It was just a thought at that point. It was like, hmm, I would like to do something else, but I've got a really good job. That's the kind of place. So Dr. D. Clemente has referred to the reasons for being in this stage as the four R's, and that is reluctance, rebellion, resignation, and rationalization. So if you're a reluctant pre-contemplator, you're someone who, through a lack of knowledge or kind of inaction, you don't really want to consider change. If you're a rebellious pre-contemplator, you're resistant to being told what to do. If you're a resigned pre-contemplator, you've kind of given up hope of the possibility of change and it kind of overwhelms you if we're being honest. And if you're a rationalizing pre-contemplator, you think that you've already got all the answers. Um, you're sort of a closed book. So you think, oh yeah, that's something I'd like, but no, nah, I've got it all together. Like I don't need to change. You're kind of ignoring that desire. If you feel like any of these resonated with you, but you still kind of have that desire, it keeps popping up. It's a thought that keeps on coming in your head. Oh yeah, I would like that. But then you default back to one of those four R's. Then you should really start researching what change would mean for you. Make it more tangible. See what it would feel like. Take it beyond a me thought of desire. For me, I only really jump out of this stage when I have a little bit more of a substantiated understanding of what change would mean for me and how it would be more advantageous to my life than not. It's when you take that serious thought into like serious consideration. And that's when you move into the contemplation phase. So if you're in this stage of change, you're actually willing to consider that change, but you're still probably highly ambivalent or unsure. You're sort of like a fence sitter. So this stage is still not a commitment. It's not a decision to make the change, but you're one step closer than just having a a passing thought, shall we say. It's more when you're, okay, 
I've acknowledged I've had this thought quite a few times. It's probably something I should really start looking into. You start to really give it a little bit more serious thought. And to be honest, I feel like this can be the most frustrating state of change because you're still like super uncertain. And I found honestly, I was spending a lot of time in this stage because I wasn't quite ready to commit to making a change. And, you know, I spent a long time assessing like the pros and cons and procrastinating kind of doing this. So here are some things I did to help me get out of this contemplation phase, because if you sort of treat this one seriously, this this spot, then you can realize, okay, no, this was something I've been thinking about, but it's not really right for me. Or it's something that I should actually seriously pursue because I've worked out that it is something that's going to be absolutely a great thing for me. So I think if you really nip this stage in the butt, you can save yourself a lot of time. Some things in hindsight that I should have done earlier, but ended up doing afterwards. And these are just three of my suggestions. You might have things that you can default to that will help you a little bit more. But the first one is I love chatting to people in my life. So whether that is someone who's gone through that change before. So in my, in my example, it could be someone who's moved from private practice to in-house and just ask them what, you know, what, what are the benefits of doing that? What do you like more? What do you miss from private practice? You know, just asking those questions, or it could be uh, professional help as well. So Obviously, you guys know I'm all for seeing a therapist. Um, I would avoid in this stage sort of speaking to people you know, just because like obviously they're an incredible support, but they often just want the best for you like that. And that is a beautiful thing. But often it's a little bit hard to give you a neutral bit of advice on that actual stage because they're kind of just going to vibe off what you're saying is the best for you. Do you know what I mean? Like they can be a little bit biased in that sense and so may not be the best option for you. But if you feel like you've got people in your support network who can be totally neutral or they may have gone through that change as well, then absolutely they may be the appropriate person to chat to as well. Another thing I love doing is listing out the advantages and disadvantages of both. And that is advantages and disadvantages of continuing my life as it is without changing anything. And then the advantages and disadvantages of after I make that change. And then I would compare both of those together. It will really paint a picture of what life you want more and then sort of help you navigate that decision. And on that note, the third thing I would add is actually revisiting goals you've written yourself or your ideal of balance. So if you have gone through some of the exercises with us, either in the episode with Sonia, in the Monday Muse at the start of June or in our very, very first episode, and have a really strong idea of what your balance looks like, then you can use this time to cross check, okay, does that change align with where I wanna go, with the goals I've set for myself, with the idea of balance that I want in my life? Because that will also really help you see if that road or that decision is gonna be aligned for you. So to give you guys a really quick example, I did exactly that. I spoke to recruiters um, about the different kind of opportunities available in, in the roles. So I definitely wanted something that was a little bit more broader where I could really expand professionally in terms of the areas of knowledge and the practice areas I was working in. Another big non-negotiable for me was flexibility with working from home. And I absolutely did not want to work at a firm that was going to slog me for hours. I have so many friends that work until 11 midnight and I can just not fathom that. I am not prepared to do those hours. And that's not to say I'm not prepared to work hard, but I want to come home at a decent time, be able to cook a meal, sit with my partner, and then be able to do this, the podcast. And I've also got my other side business, which a lot of you know about. And so for me, I needed to be very clear in the sense that I knew what my balance was. I have my own personal goals with this podcast, with my side business. And so if I was to accept another private practice role that was going to be 16 hour days or even anything more than, you know, a standard nine to five, nine to six on the odd occasion, fine. But as a regular expectation, 
was absolutely not for me. So getting clear with recruiters at this stage of what different options there were, what a change would look like for me if I was to pursue certain areas or or type of firms, that was really critical in shaping my decisions at this point in time. And once I did this, I was able to take that contemplation and make it look a little bit more like a commitment. So I got to a stage where I was like, okay, right. I know that if I'm going to stay in private practice, I need to go for a firm that's a little bit more alternative, maybe one that doesn't run off billable hours and has a very good reputation for work-life balance, for example. Or I was going to go for an in-house role where the experience was a lot broader. And in general, they say um, in-house is a lot more flexible and less strenuous hours most of the time, obviously depending on what company you go for than private practice. And so this really helped me shape which conversations, interviews, and etc. I was going to give my energy and time to and which ones I wasn't. And I knew at that stage what type of change would be the right one for me. And this also took a lot of the pressure off. I wasn't just going to accept the first thing that came my way because I was very clear on what was right for me. And obviously I was super lucky to be in a position where I didn't have to rush into another role. So if that is you, take the time to really contemplate and get clear on what change would be right for you because then the rest just becomes so much easier. So once you sort of do that, And you take that thought beyond pre-contemplation, contemplation, you're at this point where you're in preparation. You have established that the advantage of making that change outweighs the advantage of continuing doing what you're doing. You might even at this stage take small steps or start to experiment with ideas towards taking that change. So that was, you know, at the point where I reached out to recruiters, had some conversations, started doing some interviews. And I think what makes or breaks us during this stage to really push us through to the next one is your level of commitment. And as I said, because I had already done the benefit analysis of what type of change would be right for me, I was super committed to finding a role that really, really aligned with my goals, my, my idea of balance, etc. because I could see that that was the right decision for me. So this preparation or this taking action part was easy because I knew it was the right thing for me. I knew it would be better than continuing to do what I had already done. So if you're at this stage and you feel like you're ready to take action, I would suggest maybe just setting a really small goal. So for me, it was speak to one recruiter a week. Just start there. If people message me on LinkedIn, I would give them the time. I would have a phone call, etc. If your goal, if your change is something like integrating a healthier lifestyle or meal prepping, etc., then set a mini goal of maybe preparing just your breakfast for this week or just your lunches, or maybe you would just do three walks this week, etc. Just mini goals that help you prepare for the overall change because you can't snap into, okay, I'm going to get a new job. That's it. Get a new job because you may may end up just accepting the first thing that comes your way. Or you can't just say, right, I'm going to be completely healthy because when you jump in and out of two different lifestyles, you don't give yourself time to adjust. And then I feel like you can just jump in and out of it equally as fast because you haven't given yourself time to lay the foundation blocks to make that change really, really strong. So this point preparation, I think is really key for starting to set the foundation to really support that change. Another thing as well, if you feel like you're more on the resistance side to change or you still feel like it kind of freaks you out, um, another thing I do, and I think I do this subconsciously, but I think it's well worth noting here, is thinking of some sort of contingency plan. So you're probably getting a lot of ideas or thoughts of why this is not, why the change is not a good idea, why it's going to fail, why it won't work. Write down those fears, concerns, worries, and think of an anti-response to it. So I'll give you an example. For me, changing roles, especially going from, say, private practice to in-house, 
Some of the thoughts I was having was, I might not like it. I'm going to have to be that new person again. I'm going to have to change locations. What if it's not financially feasible? What if my current job turns around and makes me a better offer? So during my preparation phase, it included me getting very clear on what role I was prepared to settle for and what kind of work I wanted. And that included overall progression, growth, and salary. And once I was clear on that, and once I found a role that suited that, I couldn't tune into thoughts of, I might not like it, or I'm worried that my work might make me a better offer. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if they offered me more money. I knew that this change brought more with it than financial benefits because I knew it was the right decision for me overall in terms of my goals and my balance. And I think once you're clear on what you want and why you want it, then the rest becomes irrelevant because you become committed to that. And the advantages that you see with making that change, it's just so clear that it's in alignment with your idea of balance and goals that I feel like nothing can really shake you from that. So I feel like having a contingency plan for those worry thoughts that might come up for you is another really, really key thing. And also depending on the change, you could consider making a public pledge, like an accountability thing. So for example, with the podcast, a couple of weeks before I launched it, I did an Instagram post and a Facebook post saying that it was coming out kind of like a self-accountability tool. Obviously I wouldn't have done this with my job, but you know, just depending on what it is, that's something you might want to consider as well. All right. And then we get into the fun part, the action stage. So this is when you move from planning to doing. So it's no longer about just planning the small steps, maybe doing one or two of them. You're actually in the action stage of change. So if you're in this stage, you've already put your plans into actions. And mind you, uncertainty, as I said before, even though you've committed to it and at this point, you know, I was pretty committed to my change. I knew what I wanted. It was clear for me. I was prepared to go after it. There was still this ambivalence. There was still this uncertainty and gray area, which is something I really want to impress on you guys, because you might look at people and think, oh, change is so easy for them. They're a go-getter. But I feel like this is part and parcel of change. So don't feel freaked out if you're in this action stage and you still feel like you're a little bit uncertain. Fun fact, apparently almost one in three people say that if they don't see immediate results for their efforts or for their actions, they'll give up. So this sort of stat brought me to consider two things. And I think it's really important to talk about because imagine you've done all the work, you've made the commitment to this change, you've decided it's the right thing for you, you take action, you don't see anything. And then what? Do you go back to pre-contemplation and just sack the whole idea? I think this brings up two things. The first is this concept of instant gratification. And this is the old adage of good things take time. If you really want something, often you need to rethink about maybe the execution that you've taken, not the thing that you want. If you've already decided that you want to commit to it and it feels right for you, then maybe it's just the execution. Maybe it's a time thing. Maybe it's reliant on other people. I was just actually listening to one of Georgie Stevenson's podcasts. She hosts the Rise and Conquer podcast, and she made a really good analogy with like you and the universe or God or your, you know, your higher self, whatever you want to call it, whatever makes sense for you. Think of it as like a parent and child relationship. So if a child wants to play, but the mum needs to go out and so she needs to feed the child so he can rest and then she'll be back later to play with it. The child doesn't understand why it can't play now. It just wants to play now. It doesn't have the foresight that mum's going out. I need to eat now because if not, I'm going to be hungry and tired. All it's thinking about is playing now. This idea of instant gratification, I want it now. But the universe or your God or your mum, whatever, however you want to view this analogy, knows what's best for you and it knows when it's going to give you stuff. 
It knows when it's going to throw things your way. So if you don't get something straight away, I guess my point here is just trust that it will come to you when it needs to come to you. Sometimes other things need to fall into place. So for example, if it is with a job, maybe you don't get an offer for somewhere you really like, but then you end up somewhere you like much, much better. And that's because mum always knows what's best or the universe always knows what's best. And sometimes your quote, bad luck saves you from your worst luck or et cetera. So you don't need to throw away the thing you want if you don't get it straight away. Sometimes you either have to exercise patience and understand that instant gratification is not for everything. And I think that's hard to tune into, especially in the world we live in where things mostly are. And just remembering that if that's something or that change fits with your idea of balance, it's super important just to not give up. Stick at it. Things will come to you, especially if you feel like it's an aligned change or action for you. The second thing this stat brought up for me was this idea of uncomfortable feelings. So maybe if you try something, you don't see immediate results and you feel like it's been a waste of time or because you're sitting in that uncomfortable space, you sort of just resist and run away from it. I feel like that's such an opportunity to really work through that resistance. So as humans, let's face it, we are afraid of the unknown. When change is forced upon us and we don't have control, it can really scare the shit out of us. We know that stuff is going to get uncomfortable when we get knocked out of our comfort zone, but we still get surprised or feel uncomfortable every time it happens. So I just want you to know that if you're going through change, I can guarantee you that there's going to be an element of uncomfortableness. And as I said before, I feel like I'm someone who's pretty open to change, but I still combat this feeling every single time I do something new. I feel like it's such an inevitable part of change. And so my message here is if you're one of those one in three people who have tried something and then thought, nah, stuff that back to the drawing board or back to pre-contemplation because you shouldn't have even gone down that road anyway. If it is this uncomfortable feeling you're running away from, I need you to know that it is so natural. It is something everyone experiences. And if anything, it's a sign to you that you're actually in territory that you've never been before. You're in uncharted waters. And I did do an episode, I think it was Monday Muse 3 or 4. I'll link it in the show notes below on changing your relationship with fear. And I think that if this point sticks out to you, you should definitely listen to that one because it's all about seeing that gray area or that uncomfortable zone as just new territory you haven't been in before, which doesn't make it any more comfortable, but it really does help navigate that time. All right, so if you are finding it hard to push through this action phase, I think this is also a useful time to go back to your idea of balance or your goals. So if you're finding you've, you've made some small action and things haven't really happened or you feel like you're just waiting around, go back to your idea of balance and your goals and provide yourself with some positive reinforcement. Acknowledge the progress you've made this far. So now that you've seen sort of the framework for change, pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, and you're now at action, acknowledge yourself for getting this far and pursuing this avenue of change to where you are and be damn kind to yourself. It's likely that you're working towards something that's a long-term change. So if you miss one day at the gym and you're you know, training for something long-term or you're just maintenance for your overall health, then don't view that as a full-blown relapse into you know, being an unhealthy person. Sometimes we do need to just tune into our bodies, but this action phase is one where I feel like a lot of us can fall off our horse. So really just feel empowered to embrace that uncomfortableness because it will come and it's totally natural and it does not mean that you've failed or you're not on your on your right path anymore. It just means you're in territory that you haven't navigated before. And if you do have a day or two where you fall off the horse, that doesn't mean you need to throw the whole plan out the window. Lastly is maintenance stage. So once you're here, basically your desire or your thought that was once just a mere passing thought is now a reality. 
So that's where I'm at now. I've got the job. I'm starting in four weeks, handed in my resignation. And you sort of are at this point where something you once potentially doubted or thought, I wonder if I could do that is now an actual reality. So this is a twofold step. And you really need to take the time to reward and praise yourself because often we just do stuff and we forget to reflect and think, oh, wow, like I did that. I, you know, overcame all those stages of change. And I think this acknowledgement piece is really nice to keep ourselves in constant stead with the progress that we're making. And I think also remembering sort of the steps you took, which is why I said originally, like if even if you're not making a change right now, you feel like you don't need this framework right now for a change. But if you can use it as a reflection for a change you've made in the past, then you can remember how you did, how you executed a change successfully and then reuse that for next time you need to make changes as well. So guys, I actually had so much more written for this episode and I could go on and on about it. So I think I might have to do a follow-up episode on like why we find change so hard or any other questions you guys might have as well. Maybe I'll have to bring on an expert, like a psychologist or a researcher, someone in the space, because I personally am super passionate about it. I think that it can be such a limitation at times to resist these things. But as you guys know, like I'm here to try and empower you to really own where you're at in life, the stages you're in, and just collectively grow our consciousness so that we can all feel as balanced and aligned as we possibly can. So I hope you really got something out of today's chat. As I said, even if you're not really going through change. You don't feel like you're at any of those phases, although you probably are at at least maintenance phase for something if you're not actively going through a change. Then use it as a reflection piece to how how you've successfully combated or undergone change in the past and use it as a blueprint for when other things pop up so that you're, you know, equipped to face them head on. If you've loved this episode, take a screenshot, tag me and let me know what your biggest takeaway was. Or you can jump over to Apple, scroll to the bottom of the podcast episodes and leave us a review and rating with your thoughts. This really helps other podcast listeners when scrolling past to work out if this is a community they want to be a part of. And so every message left means the absolute world to me. Embrace change. I'll see you guys next week for an incredible guest. And as always, stay balanced. And that's a wrap for this week, Balancers. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you found this episode useful to some degree in either steering or determining your definition of balance today. As always, the biggest compliment for us is if you share this episode with someone who you feel might need it, or if you're on Spotify, you can click follow or on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a rating or review. If you have any suggestions for up and coming podcasts, feel free to shoot us a DM or an email. Our Instagram is at the balance theory and our email is the balance theory podcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, you've always got the option of subscribing to our mailing list. We only send you email reminders when the episodes drop so you get them fresh out of the oven. No annoying spam, we promise. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week and until next time, stay balanced. Oh, stop, 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 stop.